Welcome to episode 27 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. With the NFL season winding down and once again several Eastern Illinois Panthers playing or coaching in the league, we take this week to visit with one of the newest Panthers in the EIU NFL family, Alexander Hollins. Allie B, as he was known, earned All-American honors playing for the Panthers in 2018 before signing as a free agent with the Minnesota Vikings. He was a two-year member of the Vikings team before being traded at the end of this past season to the Cleveland Browns. Hollins was active on the roster for the Browns' first-round playoff win, and today he talks about his NFL experience, his time in Eastern Illinois, and his path from Yazoo City, Mississippi to both destinations. Like this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast, then be sure to like and follow us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Simply search EIU Panthers podcast and start listening today. EIU Panthers podcast are brought to you by Consolidated Communications. Learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business by visiting consolidated.com. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Athletics. This week in EIU Athletics News, EIU Football released its 2021 non-conference schedule for the fall with games against South Carolina, Dayton, and Illinois State. EIU men's and women's basketball continue on the road while men's tennis and swimming begin their spring seasons this weekend. Last weekend, it was the EIU women's tennis team, the cross-country programs, and the indoor track programs all beginning their spring seasons. To stay up to date on the latest EIU athletics news or for schedule updates and statistics, be sure to visit us on EIUPanthers.com or you can follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast as we visit with former EIU All-American wide receiver and current Cleveland Brown, Alexander Hollins. Hey, welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers Podcast. We're joined this week by Alexander Hollins, known locally as Ali B. Just wrapped up his, his second season in the NFL, and I appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. I have no problem. Thank you for having me. Now, for you, I, I guess the, the first thing is the nickname Ali B. And I don't know that I ever asked you this when you were a student here is what is that kind of short for? Is, is, the, is the middle uh, the middle name start with B, or is that something you picked up along the way for a different reason? Nah, uh, my last name used to be Body before um, it got changed to Holland. Okay. Um, I had my mom. I had my mom's last name before she passed away, and I thought she passed away. I moved in with my dad. Got my dad's last name, and um, a friend of mine, which is a few years older than me, he like a big brother to me. He he actually gave me that nickname, Ali B. And uh, his name is Ladarius James. So yeah, it just it just stuck with me since like fifth grade. Okay, I feel bad that I never asked you that. All all the couple of years you you were here, everybody went by that, and you you were used to that, and it, I never asked on how that how that came to be. But uh, we'll go back to we're going to talk about your time here at Eastern, but also talk about one of the reason things that was interesting talking to you about is your time in the NFL. Just wrapped up your your second season, and for you. Finished the year with with the Cleveland Browns and a team that's kind of on the rise there. And but a, a late season trade is how did that kind of unfold? And what were your what was your reaction to to going from being with the Vikings from two years to to the Browns that late in the season? 
Uh, it it happened, you know, it was it happened kind of like unexpectedly. You know, I was on practice squad all year with the Vikings, and um, I think Cleveland had some problems going on with COVID and everything like that with some players, and so um, they that was a little short on receiver end, and the head coach for the Browns and the tight end coach, they co- they both coached me at the Vikings. The head coach for the Browns, he he was my um, offensive coordinator and the tight end coach for the Browns. He was my receiver coach um, for the Vikings. So they both know me personally. So, um, and we ran, they know, they needed a guy that knew the offense already. So I was one of those guys that knew the offense pretty good. And they brought me in, you know, late in the yeah. season. So, you know, teams don't make no moves. They're late in the season list. Someone know their playbook really well. And then that actually worked out well for you in the fact that the Vikings were, were kind of a team that was was battling to try to make the playoffs and, and didn't make it. And you you went to a franchise there that, you know, locked up their first playoff bid in, I want to guess, 20 years. It may be longer than that. I, um, so I guess that, that had to be some excitement there for you getting that late that yeah. late season opportunity. Yeah, it was. I think it was. I think it was something like that, a little bit over 20 years or whatever, something like that. But, yeah, that's a long time. So it was like, you know, a big thing for the Browns going to playoffs. Now, for you, when you went there, and I kind of follow along, I was excited for, for you to get that opportunity. I knew there was a, kind of with, with the Vikings, you had been with them for, for two years, and, you know, and that, that was a great experience for you. But, you know, when the Browns traded for you, I saw it probably based on that you got there late, in the season, you didn't, you weren't active the first game, but you were on the active roster. For people that may not know the specifics of the NFL, how does that exactly work? I guess they have they have game day scratches. Is that what they're called? Uh, yeah. So um, it's a fifty three man roster, but you can only have you can only dress, I think forty six or forty seven guys. And so I was one of those inactive guys. And on top of that, uh, when I first got there, I had to go through the COVID protocols. And I had to wait for the build to practice. And, I, and um, I only got one practice in that week because we was having, we, we was as a team, we were still having trouble with COVID. Yeah. And so, you know, I understood why they, uh, why I didn't dress out because um, I didn't get any reps with the quarterback. I wasn't getting any reps at practice. I wasn't able to do anything. So just to throw me out there, um, probably wouldn't, wouldn't have been the best idea, even though I did know the playbook, you know. But yeah, I just need to get that chemistry with the offense and with the quarterback first before I even do that. So that's why I didn't play or dress oh. out the first game. Now then the next game though, and, and uh, the way if I, t- if I t- check, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the timeline went. So the, the game you're talking about where you were traded and didn't get to play was their, their last regular season game. And then they turned correct. around the, the next week and they're in the playoffs and, and you were on the active roster for that. So that, that had to be, you know, a good feeling for you. And not only that, the, the Browns, not only were you active, but they picked up a win. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I was active that game, and but um, I didn't play though. So, but it was good that we got that win in the playoffs and was able to go to the second round. We came up short in the second round. Now, which I was inactive. I was inactive that game. Now, how does that work? I'm assuming that all of you, all the the 55 guys, and maybe even the guys on the the practice squad for, for a home game and maybe even a wave game. Do you, you guys all, do you guys all travel? And then like on Saturday night, is that when they tell you if you're on the active roster that, that you won't be dressing for the next day? Uh, Yeah. They'll let you know the, uh, the day before they'll let you know in advance, uh, which players 
are going to be active and inactive. Okay. But you guys do all get to travel, right? So you're all part of the team and then you just wear street clothes yeah. on the side. Yeah, every, um, every um, player on the team travels. You know, and, due, and due to COVID, like due to COVID, like before COVID, um, the practice squad players, like, um, I think they were sometimes they were able to be on the sideline, but you know they have everybody up in the suites right now. Even the inactive guy, when I was inactive, you usually to be you, you know in your street clothes or your or your uh, or your gear team gear be on the sideline, but we had to be up in the suites. I'm guessing that's probably not too bad on a on a cold winter day in Cleveland, though. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Yeah, nah, that wasn't too bad. Uh, and then, then for the so, I when you go through that, you guys are out there for practice. You're a guy that that you know was kind of brand new to the team there, but you're on the active roster. Do you? How does it work in, in a practice in terms of taking reps? Were you taking reps with, you know, Baker Mayfield with with the Browns, or do they? Did you kind of work with? You know, was there a second team unit that had their backup quarterback that you kind of primarily worked with? Uh, I was getting I was getting um reps with um Baker Mayfield in there and um Case Kinner in there. So I was getting reps with both of those guys in there. Okay. And then so how does so the season's over for the Browns. Of course the NFL season not quite over yet, which means free agency is still probably not quite really started yet. How does that kind of work for you? And I, I don't if you're not allowed to talk about it because of contract things, that's fine. Did, when they when the Browns signed you, was it a, a deal to finish out this year or do you have a kind of a multiple year deal, which at least ensures you an opportunity to come to camp and currently stay on the active roster. Uh, what you just said, I'll be able to come back and camp and um, compete for a roster spot. So I'll be okay. back in, I'll be back once we got a report back. Okay. So the Browns own, so essentially the Browns own your rights. And if you, you don't have the opportunity to, to talk to another team right now. No. Nah. Okay. And then, so for you, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to how, how that, that was there. And I wish you the best of luck when, when that happens this year, that, that you get an opportunity to, to, to get on with the Browns. They look like a, you know, a franchise on, on the rise. And like you said, you have that, that opportunity there with that relationship already with the head coach and, and one of the other assistant coaches there. So that that's got to hopefully bode well for you. Yeah. Now, when you so you broke into the league last year with with the Minnesota Vikings after you know a, a good two year career here at Eastern, which we'll we'll talk about here just in in a minute. But last year with the Vikings, two years ago we'll, is is we'll talk about you kind of were with them in camp, signed to the practice squad, and then very similar this year, kind of got activated late in the year. Take us back to that if, and I'm sure you kind of maybe remember vividly that first day, first game where you actually dressed for for an NFL game, not an exhibition, but for a real NFL game? Oh, man. I was um, – I think Adam had – I think Adam had got hurt, hurt himself in practice. I think it was with, I think it was, um, with his hammy or whatever. And um, so that week, they were just telling us one of, one of us, a practice squad guy was going to be active. And so we – so it was out of us three – out of us three practice squad receivers, you know, just to battle it out for that – for that roster spot. And – um. I won the roster spot from um from that weekend from the rest on out of the season. So that first game, me active um last my rookie year was against the Seahawks, and um it was it was it was a good experience. And then your your kind of breakout game last year was against the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. 
And then for you, and then the, the around here, I know the people watch the game. Um, I watched, I know I watched the Saints game last year, you know, partly because of Sean Payton and his connections to Eastern Illinois. You, you now having the connections as well. And then you got had a big play there. You were in involved in a, you know, as the, the Vikings ended up beating the Saints in, in the postseason. What was, you know, that experience like there playing, you know, in New Orleans? And I think that was probably maybe one of the, the hardest places to go in and play. Uh, yeah, you know, New Orleans, uh, it's always going to be a tough place to play. And, you know, uh, fans giving them momentum, going crazy. They got some good players on that team. So, uh, yeah, I remember that play like yesterday. Um, it was a um, stream right up the middle. Yeah, DB just made a good play on the bike. I didn't come down with it. Now this year, now you've had two years in the league and and been able to go to a lot of different places. How would you describe? I mean, we're we're going through it right now at at Eastern Illinois and a lot of you know a lot of colleges are around the country where they're not playing in front of fans and the environment just changes so dramatically. Mm-hmm. How how big of a factor have did you notice that was this year? in terms of taking away like like home field advantage. So like last year, for an example, you would have gone and played in New Orleans, which, you know, the dome is just super loud or in Seattle, like you talked about. And this year you go there and there's, you know, 50 people and some pumped in crowd noise. Um, man, you know, um, other athletes as player, we feed out the uh, fans energy that they give us, you know, it makes us just want to continue to make big plays for our team and, for us to not, not have no fans at all was crazy this year. Um, COVID messed up a lot of things this year. It was crazy. It was challenging. It was weird, you know, not having no fans at all, no energy to feed off of. Um, uh, we knew, like, I guess we knew in spirit, like, our our fans were, like, still cheering us on. But to not have them in the stands was, was like, the weirdest thing ever. Like, you can literally hear a penny drop up in the stadium probably. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've talked to there. We have an, an Eastern alum that's a, a major league baseball coach with the Milwaukee Brewers. And I talked to him this um, when they were done with the season this year. And he kind of had that that same analogy that you go out there and, you know, the you you, you take for granted the, the crowd noise and how you feed off of that. And all of a sudden that's gone. And he said the exact same yeah. thing. He said, you know, you can't say a cuss word because everybody hears it on TV and on the other things or. Or things like that, and it's it, it's funny that 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 seems to be the collective experience from from people at all levels. Yeah, it is. Now, for you, I guess my, my final question, kind of on your your NFL experience so far, is you were able to go to a number of different stadiums, either as an active player or you know on on the practice squad. Kind of, is there a a favorite one that that you were able to go to last year? That kind of whether you were even in the game that you kind of made the experience maybe sink in and be real? Uh, I have to say uh, our Vikings, the Vikings, the home games with the, with the Vikings, um, the fans there are, are just unreal. They they get loud. They, they're very supportive. Uh, it was with the team, win or lose, no matter what. But it was it was being in that game and at the game, and it was just crazy. It was it was it was like the closest thing to a college game. Okay. So you say college there, so we're, we're gonna we'll we'll back up a little bit here. A two-year player at Eastern Illinois and a, and a kind of a standout player. But before that, 
you're from Mississippi, from Yazoo City, which is just outside of, of Jackson for people that are may not know the state and, and realize some of the, the smaller towns. But Jackson's a, a, a town kind of in the center of the state people are, are familiar with. Played two years of, of junior college football. And for the people that may not be aware, junior college football in Mississippi is, is very high level football. And what, what did you kind oh, yeah. of, what do you remember kind of from from that experience there? Oh, man, um, our coaches, they were tough on us. They made it hard as possible for us, but um, they made us dig deeper than what we actually ever uh, ever have to, you know. Uh, they made us work hard. Uh, they were great coaches. And, uh, ooh, man, they just coached us real hard, you know, and we they made us better, made us better players and better men. Now, I think what people may not realize this or not, but the the first season of Last Chance You, which was the series on Netflix, was filmed in in Mississippi. Not was not covered, did not cover the school that you went to, but your school was featured in that series. And when yeah, I'm trying to take you back there, do you, do you remember that that series? I never asked you that when you were here, but I'm I'm curious. Do you remember, you know, them filming that series at that game, or was it and making a big deal of it, or was that something that, you know, the next year when you're here at Eastern or you're like, oh, well, that, that was a game I played in. Nah, um, we we knew that we were recording there. Uh, like doing one where they had all the cameras and everything, I was recording the guys. They was trash talking. We were trash talking to I mean, warm up, whatever, and stuff like that. But I remember, I remember just like it was yesterday. So from there, you get an opportunity at Eastern Illinois. And I guess take take us through a little bit of the – the recruiting pitch and, and the process to, to come up to EIU because, the, you know, as good as the football is at some of the Mississippi junior colleges, it Eastern hasn't really been hasn't really been a pipeline to to Eastern Illinois because just a lot of a lot of schools down in that area that that go in there and pick up a lot of those players. What what kind of attracted you to want to come play at EIU? Uh, when I was getting recruited, I was getting recruited by some pretty decent schools, but uh, I had sprained my ankle like three games before my um, my um, second year in JUCO for the season, and and um, the teams that recruited me had backed out. So Eastern Illinois was the only school that kept their offer. So I took my visit, and I liked it there, and it felt like home away from home. So that was like my only offer I had. So you know, it was free education, <laughs> and um, and it was an opportunity for me to go in and play right away and uh, contribute to the team. You did come in and play right away. You guys, um, Panthers finished six and five that season. Um, yeah. And you, I know you battled some injuries that year. So from your junior year, is there a, a moment or a game that that kind of stood out? And I'm going to, I'm going to get into your senior year, which was kind of when you really were fully healthy and had a breakout year, but kind of curious that first year at Eastern, is there a, you know, a catch or a game or something like that that kind of, you know, stands out for you on, you know, hey, I'm at the Division One level. And this is what it what it's supposed to be like. Uh, I have to say, um, our home game against EKU. Well, um, I caught the um, I caught the hail mary to send us to overtime, and, and we won. Okay, and then so fast forward to the next year, and like happens sometimes in college football, you know, coaching changes happen, whether it's coordinators, head coaches, those types of things. For EIU, we made a, you know, a coaching change on the offensive coordinator. And 
not only with that, it ended up being a philosophy change as well. We went from, you know, more of a, I would say maybe a pro style spread type offense to, to the air raid offense as a, as a wide receiver, what did you notice as the, you know, the kind of the biggest differences between those two offenses? Uh, the difference between the two offenses um, from my, um, the offense from my senior, it was, it was way faster at a higher tempo. Um, we ran it quick. Um, it was easier. And uh, we threw the ball. We, threw, we just threw the ball a lot. We threw the ball a lot more. But um, the offense from my junior year, it was a little bit more difficult to learn. But I got the hang of it, though. Um, but uh, it was it was kind of like balanced with the offense from my junior year. So um, we threw the ball a lot more from uh, my senior year than my junior year. Though. So, you know, that's always good for a receiver. And, you know, the running back still ran the ball pretty good, too, as well. So, but so yeah, that offense was um, pretty good. My senior, we averaged thirty-two and a half points. By the way, so we put up we put up good numbers offensively. Yes, and part of the good numbers though were were contributions by you. So the next year, under your senior year, we talk about you guys play at Arkansas. You to open up your senior year, you finish with just over a hundred yards and three touchdowns. Is was that? kind of a you think a breakout moment for you and I know when you're then with an agent you're trying to put film out is that is that film there that kind of helps you sell you to the to the next level say look I'm doing this against these guys that you guys are watching week in and week out that are you know NFL caliber type players yeah that game that game um did put on the radar a little bit you know um you know, you know, it's it's hard for us FCS players, especially players in the OVC, you know, to um, get to the league. So that game definitely um, helped me out a lot. You know, going against a Power Five school that has been televised almost every game and, you know, and getting exposure um, to the league from um, a lot of players or whatever. And you know, versus a team that you, you really don't hear much about at all. So to go out there and put up and to go out there and to perform against those guys um, that day that was that, that really helped me out a lot and you know I took it as as another game because I knew I could compete against those guys you know because at the end of the day it's still football you know so I just went out there and played my game and then you kind of continued on from there for for the rest of the year for for a good portion of the season you were you were leading the nation in, in touchdown receptions up there and also in receptions overall and yards ended up at the end of the season, one of just three guys that, you know, finished at the FCS level in the top three in the nation and all three of those categories. Is there one part of, you know, in that game that, that you think you kind of pride yourself on is whether that's, you know, running routes, um, big catches, touchdowns. Is there something that you kind of pride yourself on and say, you know, I, that's the type of receiver I am. Uh, you know, I don't just really um, I don't, it's just it's nothing really specific. I just pride my, just one little thing I pride myself on. I try to pride myself on everything I do, you know. So um, I just try to keep getting better, and better, be the best that I can be at every every little thing that I can do. Whether it's um, route running, releases, catching, um, catching contested catches, blocking, um, just just anything. Okay. And so at the end of the year, then you earn first team all conference honors, but also earn all American honors after kind of your journey there, playing in high school, going through the junior college ranks, 
two different offenses in at, at the college level. What did that mean for that, for you, for that to be kind of a capstone in your career to, to earn, you know, college All-American honors? Uh, it meant a lot to me. You know, I went out with a bank, but, you know, in the, in the offseason after my junior year, I had, I had told myself, I actually made a post on Facebook. <laughs> I was like, um, I, t- I had told myself, I made I made a post on Facebook. I was like, I was gonna have um, sixty or more catches, um, a thousand more yards, a ten or more touchdowns, and um, and, and be All American, and um, and be first team All Conference. So I made I made those five goals for myself, and um, and I accomplished all of them my senior year. So um, I was happy and I was proud of myself. And but you know, I knew it was still more to go. You know, and that was the, then that was to get to the league. And then, so to get to the league and, you know, coming out of FCS, you, you talk about how difficult that can be. You know, a lot of these guys from the bigger schools, they're getting, you know, a lot of pro day looks. They get invited to, to combines. How did that process work from you from leaving Eastern to get on the radar then of, of those teams to be able to be signed as a free agent? Say again, the phone started ringing. I'm sorry. Um, like, so you leave at the FCS level and mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that happens for you is, you know, it, it the, those guys from the FBS and other schools, they get those looks at the senior bowl, they get invited to the combine, they get a lot of those pro days. That doesn't always happen at, for players from the FCS level. So kind of what was your process in terms of trying to, you know, to go from Eastern to be able to, to make yourself seen and to get signed as a free agent by a team? Oh man, I was um I was in my last semester at Eastern, I was um training in Indy. You know, it's a two hour drive from um EIU. So I was training in Indy like the whole uh, all um every weekend up until my pro day and I did my pro day um at Northwestern and uh, Western Illinois. I did two pro days. So I, I just knew I had to um, go and put up put up good numbers, which I did, you know, just to um, get some looks for some scouts. You know, obviously I had a good senior year, but they wanted to see what I was going to do with my pro day, how I was going to test. So I know I had to test well, you know, because I was already a smaller guy. So I it was I knew that I, I had to come in and test very well because um, at Northwestern they had it to where like um, if you didn't run if you didn't run a good forty for your for your position, then you was done. It was nothing else that you can do. Like you can perform no other no other um, drills. All right, it was like it was like I want to say twenty to thirty receivers there, and they only kept three for the fans the whole pro day. Oh wow! <laughs> no, they kept two. It was me and Raphael Leonard from um, Southern Illinois. Wow, that's a, that's impressive there. So you yep. you know you, you're just the latest in in guys that that are from Eastern Illinois that have got an opportunity to to play at, at the next level. I know you didn't you didn't play with Jimmy Garoppolo um, or even Kamu Gruje Hill or the other two active players in the league right now with you, but just kind of what is it about you know playing at Eastern that that has helped you that you know helped you to kind of maybe carry on that legacy of, of guys that you know come from a small school that have had an opportunity to play at the next level. Yeah, you know, um, so I I had met Jimmy after um after we played against him in the playoffs, and you know we had talked for probably like thirty seconds. But just like he said, he like um 
man, that's what he was he was just saying, keep keep up the good work and keep doing what I'm doing because, you know, there's not too many not too many guys that can um say that from East Illinois that went to the league and he was right, you know. There's only three guys, you know, from in the NFL that's playing right now from EIU and then, and not too many go. And so, um to be one of those guys that is in the league right now from EIU, you know, that's a blessing, you know, I just I just cherish that moment. You know, each and every time I throw on the field. Because, you know, it's, like you said, it's tough making it from those small schools. Yep. Well, we're, we're happy for your success, Ali B, and, you know, wish you the best next year. Kind of what are you what are you looking forward to most? I, I guess, first of all, probably just for COVID to end some things to get back to normal. But kind of how, do, how does the, you know, this next part of your play out, your play out for you as you try to make, you know, the, the Browns roster full time for next season? Oh man, um, not looking forward to much. You know what I'm saying? Just looking, I guess, looking forward to the unexpected. I can say that. Uh, you know, ain't no telling what's going to happen. You know, due to you know COVID still going on, you don't know how long it's going to last or whatever. So uh, that's still going to affect how the off season goes or whatever. But you know, I just want to be able to go in down in the in OTAs and training camp and, you know, whatever the season and just show that I can contribute, contribute in any way possible, whether they're offensively or on special teams. So, you know, just go in with a tip of my shoulder with the mindset, just grind every day. And, and uh, I'll be fine with the end result. Now, you talk about going back into the to the Browns camp and the Browns have, you know, they they signed you for a reason. They 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 saw something in you with that that coaching staff, but also had, you know, due to COVID and some injuries, some other guys, is there, I mean, I, that wide receivers room, it's got some, some names in there. Some people know, is, is there a, you know, a guy in there that I know you were only there for a short time, but you kind of, you kind of clicked with and um, that maybe during the off season, you guys get together and kind of work out together. Uh, you know, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good group of guys, you know, um, but, I, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I was just there long enough to click tight with them that long enough, you know, just to. Uh, but maybe we can get some workouts in over the over the off season. That if I run across them, though, you know, you no know, NFL players they get together and grind together, so that wouldn't be no problem at all. So, I mean, I mean, if we do, if I do get with any other players and work out with them, that's cool. You know, if I don't, you know, I know that's still cool. You know, you know, everybody's just working and grinding. You know, some people like to do stuff on their own anyway, so. We all just grind and just waiting to get back so we can grind together. That's good. Well, I appreciate you joining us today, Alibi. I hope all is well down there in Mississippi. Once again, congratulations on the the successful career so far in the NFL, and I hope it just you know opens up and, and has more success for you here in the years to come. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>